Welcome to the latest installment of the Fatty Z Musky products. We're going to call this episode, Twas the Podcast Before Musky Season. There you go. Because uh, Musky Opener is in New York this Saturday. What is that, May? 28th. 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 And uh, we're going to try to keep the podcast on our regular schedule, Tuesday, Wednesday, but with uh, Vance and Todd being busy fishing and I'm busy working... Oh, I, that, that that I just wanted to include myself. What am I talking about? It's, it's <laughs> so uh, we're gonna try to keep it halfway regular. If, if for whatever reason we go longer than a week, it's because Todd's arms are sore from catching fish and releasing them, and, and uh, schedules just aren't aligning up. It's summer, so uh, thanks in advance for understanding. This episode's brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products. FattyZMuskie.com and FattyZMuskie Products on Facebook. Check us out, like us, message us, whatever, say hi. And Todd Young, you want to do a big plug for your guides? Yeah, we'll go Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, MCFishNGuides.com on the uh, website. We'll do Facebook under Todd Young and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. We got myself uh, guiding up there to Chautauqua Lake, New York, starting June, and we'll go through November here, and uh, Vance filling in during the week on some days. we got Jared Christie fishing the rivers here in Pennsylvania. Give him a call. Rivers are still still in nice shape. I don't know what's going to happen here. we got a lot of rain in the forecast, but uh, yeah, give us a call. We'll take you out, and we'll do our best to get you on some fish. Nice. St. Croix Rods. Do you, do you know, have you ever heard of St. Croix Rods? <laughs> they they've been around a while. Uh, this is the first I'm hearing about them. Tell tell me. Yeah, they're a U.S. based company out of Wisconsin there, and uh, they make some really nice musky rods. Wait, wait, was, was what what state again? I just don't want to mispronounce it. Wis, Wis- yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, Hank Croy, and uh, <laughs> yeah, most of the rods come from there. They do have some of some of the uh, lower end stuff that uh, comes from. I believe they get it in from Mexico, but I mean, I actually use a lot of. I I use some of those rods in my guiding too. Let's uh, and you know, let's talk. You know what difference I can see in them? Hmm. Not much. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, if you're if you're worried, but you don't have to worry about the quality either either way. Now, you, you know, like you just mentioned that. You don't notice a whole lot of difference, and I know we've talked about this in the past before. Uh, what's your opinion? And, I, and you know, this is—I can just speak from experience, but I'm going to let Todd speak because he has experience as well. Between the Legend Tournament series and the Premier series, what's your biggest noticeable difference between those two? I'll just jump in first, right out of the gates. And okay, say, I mean, say, say the color. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the color is different. And, uh, you know, the tournament series does have those really neat pilots. Tangle-free. Yeah. Have, have, you noticed, have you noticed a difference with those eyelets? I have not. I know you do because you're flipping and flopping under trees. Okay. You're right but there. I, I, I really, I, you know, I haven't. Have I had, yeah, I mean, in the past I have had people without, you know, I don't troll those rods. But I've had some people trolling... And, you know, they, they get the fish on, I hand them the rod, and, you know, it's an 8.6 uh, 
It's happened a couple times where it, it looped around the tip, and you know I've heard guys saying, "I can't reel, I can't reel," and I'm looking, I'm like, "Oh, the reel broke." And I reach over and I can't reel it either, and I look up and it's wrapped around the island, and and it, it didn't come off. So at that point, now that's happened twice to me in many many years. It never happened to me, but it happened to a guy you know, our guide trips, yeah. <laughs> and I guess maybe that would have shed itself. We caught one of the fish. We lost one of the fish. Uh, I, they they are, have you noticed the difference? They're, they're, I, yeah, I, it, it's all about the, nice. those, uh, that islets with me. And that's the only time I've really had any experience with the, the tangling up of, of them is uh, during trolling. Mm-hmm. Casting, for me, it doesn't matter because... I mean, it's I'm, I'm, it's pretty fluent motion with me, of, you know. Where I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that happen when I was casting. Yeah, I mean, uh, a trolling sometimes, you know, you you, you reel your pole, you, you you know, you reel it in. You got a little weed, and I'll shake the bait or something, and I will go to lay it lay it in the water to let it out again. And yeah, it might be looped, but you just unloop it. Mm-hmm. So it could it could give you some. There, I guess. But, so I'm yeah, all by myself there. I've, I've been casting, and you know, I use some of the Triumph series for the. Uh, they don't have as many options on some of the lower end ones, but that Triumph, they make a seven six. You know, I have those. Uh, I have a couple of those that I let some guts cast, but you know, handing someone who's never done it before an eight six rod or something. I mean, I just think they feel a little more comfortable holding on to something like that. Plus, I use them on my planer board rods, my my inline boards. And to hand to, you know, all my board rods. I just run a lot of those. I mean, they're just sitting in a rod holder. I like the tip action. They're a little softer than, uh, you know, some of the heavier heavier rods. So I think they work really well on that planer board. Mm-hmm. Nice. If you guys just heard some clicking, I'm fixing Vance's reel. Actually, I'm tuning it up. Tuning it up. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Vance gave me a look. He rolled his eyes at me. I did not. I just looked. Nice. So, I don't know. So, more or less, you know, kind of what I was going with with uh, talking about the different levels of the rods. The the eight six Premier. I think it's the extra heavy. To me, feels a lot like the Big Dog. Mm-hmm. In uh, you know the 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 way the blank feels. So. Um, Gearman's probably going crazy right now. He probably knows all these answers. He's like, no, there is a difference. And he's a bunch. And this is the difference. We should have had him on, but... Gearman, maybe. You know, the, the weights are close when you look at the weights. They do the balance. I mean, you know, they all come with different handle lengths. Some people like to extend them. Some people like the shorter ones. But, yeah, they're... Uh, yeah, so anyways... They're, 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 they're fishing rods. Are they? They are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I know I've said it before. That 8.6 Extra Heavy Premier feels a lot like my LT Big Dog without the fancy eyelets. Mm-hmm. So, if, if you're a person out there who can't afford an LT, get get that one. If you're yeah, looking at the Big Dog. There's a $160 difference, I, I believe. I started with the, using the Triumphs. That was my first muskie setup. I'm going to tell you, my first muskie setup, I had to take an old uh, broom that we had. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to bend nails over 
That was prior to that was my walking eyelids. walking to school in the snow uphill both ways. No, well, I had to have actually I had to take two broomsticks because I had to fight off the dinosaurs. There you go with the one <laughs> while I was bank yanking. Yeah, my first setup was at Triumph with the Abu Garcia. I bought it all at the store too. I really the screwed st- myself. The, there. the store. It, yeah, like went to like. Uh, Where'd I go? A Gander Mountain to buy it all. So I I paid like retail for, I paid like a buck thirty for the reel. I paid like a buck thirty for the rod, and then whatever forty bucks for hundred pound test. Some crap leader. It was the leader was probably your weak point. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe that. That was my that was my setup. That was my setup. A pretty righteous setup. It is. It was expensive for that. You know, for Do you still have it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh it's I hand that rod rod down now. And I think I use I, I, I might use that for a down rod too. I might use the other one. Because I bought two of the same ones. Okay. And um the other that outfit will hold any muskie that we're gonna tangle into anywhere in the United States or Canada. Yeah. That outfit. Absolutely. Yeah. What about in Mexico? <laughs> the uh, swordfish muskies. Possibly. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Andy's I back. I don't handle those. Andy's, probably would. Andy set down my reel for one minute and he's already back to it. He's oh. got to get it done. I have to get this done. I'm, I'm on the home stretch as long as I don't mess it up right now. He's determined. It's the it's the Dio Alexa. 300, seven hundred one. Laying everywhere, I took it apart. Yeah, there's parts everywhere. It's on like a, it's on a, a like a gun display almost, right? It's on, it's on a little gun cleaning mat that mm-hmm. I, I like to open okay. the reels up and. All the parts are there. All the parts are there, and a, a little secret: when you take your reels apart, for anyone who's never done it, i.e., me, it's the, the probably the, the the trickiest part about the reel is how all the spacers and little springs and you know spring washers go. When you take the crank handle off, and a little a little tip is, I will take off the cover and I place it on the right side of the mat. Like if like if if the if the crank handle, if you're holding the rod, you know, with your left hand and you crank with your right, or if you're the other way, just reverse what I'm saying. Um, I hold the reel in my left hand like I'm palming it. I'll take off the little. The, the little cover that allow, doesn't allow the nut to spin off the, yeah. the main yeah. And I set it down on the right. Mm-hmm. Then I take the next part and I set it to its left. Yeah, so... And I will then okay. put them back yep. in order that way. So... I do do that. Okay, that's... That, 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 that's, that's a very good tip. What do you, what's your tip when you get a little frustrated and you yank on something and you hear a spring or a piece like fly up and hit the ceiling and then you don't know where it went in the room. <laughs> well, see, we have a scientific term for that. It's called pulling a cubby. <laughs> pulling a cubby. I pulled a lot of those. I did real. Yeah, and cubby was, was a nickname of a, of, a, of a guy. And where I work, we get a lot of crazy things off the street. I, when I say we're, we're primarily a job shop where I work, so I will possibly work on something that's going on the space shuttle one day and the following day, I'm lining a manure spreader that rotted out. And sometimes yeah. we have to take apart things. And like when we're, we, we'll, we'll sit there, we'll talk, okay, we need to do this and that. And we just know the saying, don't pull a cubby. 
meaning just watch. You take out that bolt, it's going to go boing and just blow up everywhere. Mm -hmm. So when you pull a cubby, the best thing to do is assess. Try to listen to where it falls. <laughs> but you're already you're already down. You're you're got a five percent chance of finding that thing, even if it landed like in your hand. You're probably never going to find it because yeah. it just never happens that way. The next thing is pull out the schematics and try to figure out what you lost and reorder it. <laughs> yeah. Or I pick it up and I do find it. I'm okay. I have no idea where it went. Schematics. Do the schematics. Yeah, that's... I'm sorry for this old guy to follow. That stuff is very small. My fingers don't work too good on those little screws. And... Yeah, I get, I get real I'm not, frustrated I'm not with that stuff. My fingers look pretty old. Well, then, all you got to do is warm up some water, put your hands in there, yeah. loosen them up. So, anyways. Sometimes those little screws are laying there, and I can, I can hardly even pick them up. Yeah. Alone. I'm looking. Get them right in the back in the right place. Yeah. You look at those directions that it comes with. It's like a little, like, one-by-one one piece of paper that's been folded about, like, five times. And someone in China wrote it. Yeah, well, there's, like, set, there's there's a bunch of different languages on it and whatnot. But it comes down to, like, the, you know, the, the English language one, it's probably about, like, 10% of the paper once it's completely opened up, and it's got all those things, the, the real basically taken apart. Yep. Right there. And I, that's about as far as I get. I get frustrated at that point, just looking at that paper and say, you know, if anything really hap bad happens to this, I'm just going to buy a new one. I was going to say, the, 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 the end all is just pick up what's left and throw it in the garbage. Mm -hmm. And just pick up the phone and order another one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so that's that's the tip of the day. We did a little bit St. Croix rods. Um Todd, you had a fishing report that we did not get to last week. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been doing a little bit of fishing here today. We did, we did some fishing, and it was mostly fishing. We, we, we didn't do a whole bunch of catching, but... Uh, you had an eight-fish day on a, on a PA lake, which is nice. Yeah, those weren't all muskies. I know, but there was a couple of nice ones. Bluegills, yeah, yeah, bluegills yeah. are fish I mean, too. You know, I, I did some fishing. We did some fishing locally. I was on my home lake here, Marine State Park, which I hadn't been on in the last couple of seasons. Used to fish there a lot. Used to spend a lot of time there. Just had a guy that just wanted to go and, you know, want me to take him around and show him all the places, show him some spots to hit, and you know what what kind of structure we're fishing and uh, weeds. Weeds were non-existent. Uh, he was into wanting to cast uh, a good bit, which, you know, I tend to see that a lot, and uh, which I already knew they were non-existent. But, yeah, no, we didn't do any good there. We fished climate tuning quite a few times this year, and we got, we had action most of the day. We had some fish on. We caught a couple, you know, we caught some small fish, but, uh, you know, we did a, uh, we did a trip to, like what? What were you catching the small fish on? We we caught some trolling. We had we, we had some action every time that we, when we were casting. Uh, action meaning you know fish hit. Water quality is garbage. You can't see anything. You know I I'm I, I'm I'm spoiled. I'll admit it. I'm totally totally spoiled. I can't imagine how spoiled people are that like guide and fish St. Clair all the time. 
because I, I to the point in my life, I've been around and this, and I just have a hard time fishing on these local waters. Because I, I know what's out there, and I'd much rather just go do that. I can't stand, you know, fishing these lakes with no weeds and no structure and, you know. You've been there, water. done there. I just like, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it anymore. I don't enjoy it at all. Well, that makes it easier. If you don't have to, like, look for logs, you don't have to look for weeds or rocks, you just know they're, they're in open water, so just start casting. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, eliminated a lot of water. Yeah, yeah. I, just don't, I just don't enjoy that. But we do have a lake. We have a, we have a natural lake in Pennsylvania, PA's large natural lake, Conneaut Lake. It's really not that big. Andy's going to be able to tell me how big it is. I'm 600 acres, 800 acres? Just under 1,000. I think it's like 990. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice lake. You're allowed to run your big motor. It's, uh, it's natural. Uh, as opposed to synthetic. Mm -hmm. As opposed to a fake, fake lake, I call them. <laughs> Pump, pumping steroids into them. That's right. Artificial. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know that, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy fishing all those Canadian lakes. And I enjoy fishing Chautauqua. And uh, you just cannot duplicate what is going on in those lakes. That's why I chose to do what I'm doing, you know. And starting this Saturday, we'll be fishing like every day for months. Uh, that's that's great because I still enjoy it, you know. Pretty water, nice weeds, natural lake. That's what I enjoy. Uh, yeah, Conneaut is a, is a small lake up in right outside of Meadville, PA. We did a trip there, which is, you know, when I was younger, we used to catch muskies in there pretty often. And every once in a while, I'd see a pike. Well, that lake, Andy can attest to this. You know, I, I think when he probably started fit I know when he started fishing it, it was more of a pike, <laughs> mm -hmm. a pike lake, a pike lake. But you know, it's just it's just got overrun with them. I mean, you know, we had some guys throwing rafters last fall. What did they catch? Twenty. They got a lot, and then Vance and I went down. And oh yeah, I I, I don't remember the exact numbers. But we, we got, what, nine? It was nine or ten, I remember. I think I got... Hungry. I think we even talked about it on a podcast. I, I, I caught one. one. Something like that. I think I caught one and Andy had a had a day. You know how competitive Andy gets on the water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. Uh, we, we have like four fish and he's like, yeah, that's, that's four for me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but and that was that was tough for me. I was I was going through I mean, a lot at that time in my life. Uh, the, I was still under the initial terribleness of my of buying a brand new boat. Oh yeah, you're in the bit, yeah. And he was like, yeah. Let, "Let's go, right. you know that happened." Let's take the pressure off, so you don't have to think about anything. I'm out there, with my head's down. There's fish around my my lure. I could care less. I just li leave it in the water. I Vance Vance did say he's like, "Why is there?" Is it raining? And I'm like, no. I just kept seeing this like tears. raindrops hitting the water. I was, I was, uh, was good. Yeah, it's a real, real rough, rough patch, rough patch. A rough patch. A rough yeah. patch with a brand new boat. We talk about. Uh, we sent a. Uh, if anybody's been listening about the that that whole boat debacle and whatnot up. Pretty much expanded this, the entirety of this podcast almost. But um, uh, that one we did after Gear Man Steve. We we kind of talked after the podcast, and 
I kind of had like an eye. Gearman brought brought to to Vance's attention that what was offered probably shouldn't be accepted. And go ahead, Vance. So I, I cut yeah. You off. Gear, Gearman basically just said uh, <clears throat> it just talked. It just brought up something that made me reconsider uh, of of go, going after this. You know, because I kind of just closed the closed the book on it, and I'm like, okay. It is what it is. This is what it's going to be. But he kind of gave me a second wind, and I can lit know, a fire, lit a fire under me again. And I'm I'm gonna we, we fight back against Cabela's and this this measly offer that they uh, that that they gave me, which was I'm I'm just gonna say it. I, I care less. They offered me five hundred dollars worth of Cabela's dollars, and under that stipulation, I'd have to return the battery. Uh, that was initially set up with the Verado, which was the wrong battery that I ran on it for 30-some hours, whatever. Right. Um, and they want that back. And if I bring that back, they'll give me $500 worth of Cabela's retail. So if, if, if you just do some basic math, if that, if that battery was... 150 what, bucks. 150 bucks. They're offering you a cool $350 for... How many miles driven? I forget. What did I write down? Down. Um, I think that was just with uh, the close to five hundred. Was that it? No, it was like one hundred and ten each way. Yeah, maybe it was in the. So that's like over two hundred round trip. You probably did well over a thousand miles driven. Yeah, I I, forget, I had it written all down. Basically, what I did was I I took down all this data and gathered all the receipts and this little timeline thing that I wrote up. And this is just the travel that I took back from my house to Cabela's and my house to the dealer and mentor, and it came over somewhere over a thousand and an average gas price of say say two dollars and fifty cents. Two fifty. I did. You know. Um, you know, it's like, like it was anywhere from like six, I think it came to like five, six, five, six hundred bucks in gas. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. And what would that work out to be about 16 hours of driving or something or 20 hours? I think, I, I think it was like, yeah, it was something like that. I wrote all this stuff down and basically presented it to uh, a lawyer and they uh, wrote up a really nice, uh, Letter for me, and um, I'm sending it. it. It's in the mail to Cabela's, and we're going to see what, what they do after that. Uh, so you took Mercury's advice. I took Mercury's advice. told you, mm-hmm. to, you need to seek legal action. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <clears throat> you know, let, 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 let's just kind of put this back in perspective. They offered a $500 Cabela's gift card. It wasn't cash. It was Cabela's gift card. Initially, it was it was just a hundred dollars, and then they changed it to five hundred. Well, a hundred—that's nice. Hundred. <laughs> you can buy another life jacket, so you don't yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so then a hundred went to five hundred, but they want the battery back mm-hmm. that they wrongfully put in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you then, then you net like three fifty there, mm-hmm. and and I have to drive all the way back up to. Give, Bell is to drop this battery off. That's okay. So another two hundred miles driven. <laughs> another two hundred miles driven. That's what they wanted to do. And and I was like, tell them to throw in a fire extinguisher so you don't. If it catches fire, you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and some Jack Link's beef jerky. I mean, it was it was just. So I, I initially I was just like, well, screw it. I, I think I brought that 
to the attention of of Gearman, and he was just like, "Oh my God, that you know that that's disgusting." I would do this, and I was just like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't." It's always easier to to give advice, you know, and with how much I've been battling with them, I'm I'm spent on it. I don't want to be pissed off anymore. I don't, you know, I just want to turn the damn key and go fish. And but I, you also don't want to have resentment towards your boat. I know. I know, and I'm I'm kind of there right now, and um, but so that's what that's what's going on. We'll we'll, we'll let everybody know what happens with that. Uh, that's listening. It yeah. It should hopefully. What what are you what are you hoping? If they said Vance were at the mercy of you, what do you want? And don't say the keys to the store. <laughs> no, I I just want I just want I I want them to make it right. That's all. Is as in, I just want reimbursed for, for the, the proper setup, mm-hmm. and are you looking for damn you know mileage and, you know your time and effort? I I, I, I you know, yeah, nice. I am. I, am. I'm, I absolutely am, and I think I deserve that after all this crap. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Nice. So I'd take a whole new motor. Would you? Yeah. I would take a whole new motor. Now, what, let's just say they say, we're going to give you a new motor, but instead of a 200, it'll be a 175. I'd say you're high. No. Okay. I'm going to fight this until I get what I want. That's what that, that that's what it comes down to. I mean, we're, we're te- you know, who knows how they protect themselves up there, a big corporation like that. I really don't care what, what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I've invested enough time in this, uh, and I'm. What's another? What's what's a legal battle in the mix of all the time you spend driving? And... I have, I have, <laughs> I have enough time, enough funds to do this, and I just want it to be made right. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Nice. You heard it here first, fellas mm-hmm. and ladies. I don't care. Great. So. We're going after it. We'll see what happens. It'll be great to talk, start talking to those guys again. Hopefully, I, I actually don't have to talk to them much. Hopefully, it's just all dealt with with somebody. With would it, would you like it if like the postman came up to your house with a giant publisher's clearinghouse check from Cabela's, <laughs> one of them ones that are like enormously a, big, like a big like a big fake one of the, like a big check like a Happy Gilmore style. Big Happy Gilmore, yeah. I wouldn't call it fake. I get, know, to, I get to take it to the bank, and I get to take a picture with it, smile, shake a hand. That's right. Now, what happens if they said we're going to give you everything you want, but you got to put Cabela's on the side of your boat? They have to set it up. Well, then, then it would be, it would, the sticker yeah. would fall off on the way home. That's true. <laughs> so I'd say, yeah, go ahead and put that sticker on there. I don't trust trust how long it'll last. I just, I just want it to be. Would, would, would you do it if they if, if they said you have to have a big Cabela's sticker on the side of your boat? Um, and you have to wear a Cabela's jersey. I'd say I'd be I'd be selling out. Okay. Probably not. No, I wouldn't do that. Well, I'm in this for me. Ground. I'm I'm in this for me. I'm just in this to to fight. It was funny. I was going through my the you know trying to gather all these receipts in this timeline of of everything that was going on because I had to produce the. Uh, to to the law firm that I actually purchased a boat, and this isn't just 
some fake thing. So I had to send over a bunch of papers and whatnot. And the first paper that I came uh, across when I opened up the my boat folder, there was a big flyer and it said Cabela's. Legendary customer service. Legendary. Legendary. Like, Legendary. It, it's like, just not great. Like 70s Steelers dynasty style. Legendary. Okay, it's like it's passed down from grandfather to father, from father to son. It's a legendary. It's legendary. So like far, it runs in their bloodline. Yeah, so far that that, that that that's a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand your your being upset. I mean, you spent forty thousand on a boat and another four five thousand travel and extra bills. And they, they they were going to give you five hundred dollars. Well, three hundred and fifty dollars worth of righteous bucks. A gift card. You could you could almost get another broad out of that. I know. Man, imagine imagine what I could get during their holiday sales. Oh boy. <laughs> Go to the bargain cave, you can buy your battery back for like fifty bucks. Oh my. Yeah, I, that's And what you'd I'll be do money it. ahead and sell it on Craigslist for seventy five. This used battery. Anybody in Buffalo might find a used lead cell battery. Yeah, used lead cell. It's so strong it could power a Verado before it explodes. Before it explodes. <laughs> awesome. So the letter, has it been mailed? Yep. It's in the mail. It's in the Did mail. you put appropriate postage on it so it don't come back? Yeah, it's it's ready to go. It's official, man. I'm, I'm ready to roll. Have you ever done that little sneaky thing where you actually put in the, re- in, in the return address the place where you want the letter to go and then you don't put postage on it? And you put your address in this into to the sender. Don't put postage on it. Put it in the mail. And they're gonna be like, "Oh, we gotta return this to sender." But they're actually taking it to the place where it needs to go. That's a good idea. I thought about that. I I, I was wondering what what if you did that. Is it would it work? If it's returned to sender, because there's no postage. Yeah. It's fraud. I mean, yeah, because you're you are ripping off the government forty seven cents. But nope. they'd probably think. Hey, wait a minute. This is supposed to go somewhere in Wyoming. How did they mail it in the hometown of the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might get away with some local stuff. Yeah. But that's what's going on there. We'll see. Nice. So Vance was... Uh, we, we went on that tear because Vance was sad when we were fishing at Connie Lake. So, Todd, you were there fishing... Yeah. Just recently. Yeah. Yes, I did a couple trips there. We did one, saw a bunch of pike. Uh, I mean, just to give some people some background, I mean, Conneaut Lake is, as I said, the only natural, well, the biggest natural lake we have here in the state of PA. Uh, and it, it is an absolute gem to fish. It's, it, it's, I've been, I mean, I haven't traveled as much as some guys for musky fishing, but I mean, you know, we've fished quite a few lakes in Minnesota and Wisconsin. I've been on a dozen, dozens of lakes in, in Canada, all out the country. And I'll tell you what, you go to early season, there's, uh, I don't, there's not a, a more beautiful body of water you can fish. Huge cabbage beds growing out in 15 feet of water. The, the water's nice and clear. I mean, it is just an absolute beautiful lake to fish. Now, there is a cottage the whole way around this lake. So it's, let's call it a 
thousand acres, just under a thousand. I have no idea how many cottages there. It's not a place you want to fish yeah. <laughs> on a weekend. It's not a place you want to fish after Memorial Day because everyone's at the cottage. I mean, I used to try to do it when I was younger, and it's a. I mean, it is absolute mayhem. But, but picture you know, picture a thousand acre lake with a thousand boats all pulling yeah. skiers, pontoon boats, jet skis, kayaks. Um, people trying to fish, mm. yelling in speed boats, like boats that are like 14 feet long with giant V8s and blowers on them. <laughs> yeah. You just hear it them. Is, it, it is, it, 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 it's the silliest, it's also the silliest place I've ever been. So it's the most beautiful lake I've ever been. And you try to go there on a weekend in the summer, it is the most insane place. You know, I know there's some lakes in Minnesota. I think they said Lake Minnetonka is like one of the busiest travel lakes. They have great big giant boats out there. But I can't imagine it being any. I mean, this place is absolute mayhem. However, you go fishing early season, April, May. So Andy and I fished it last year in May. And it was like noon or 1 o'clock before anyone else launched. Do you remember that, Andy? Yeah, th- th- there was not. You know, there's docks and stuff in there, so there's boats on the water, whether people are in them or not. But yeah, literally, we practically had a thousand acres all to ourselves, crystal clear yeah. water, perfect conditions, just a nice day to be out. Yeah, and, you, and never, not another boat on the water. Now, the other day we were there was Friday. I was there a couple of weeks ago, Friday, or I think it was a Friday, and uh, it, it it was a pretty nice day. You know, the sun was out. Uh, and and there were a few fishing boats out. But when I say a few, I mean six. No, I mean, it had nothing to do with what we were doing. But, uh, yeah, you you can get away with it in the early season. And it, and, should, and Conneaut is the home of the oldest uh, state record for muskies in, in the U.S. It's from 1924, I believe. I think that's right. Yeah, I think it's 1924. Now, there are a lot of skeptics on that fish. <laughs> are you one of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the mm. pictures are out there. I mean, it's one of those pictures where the fish is hanging there and the guy's standing behind it. And, yeah. No, was, no he was probably, like, right behind it, right? <laughs> or, or was he several feet behind it? Yeah, there's a couple pictures of that fish floating around. I mean... Who's to say that it was? But that is also when these guys were were all coming clean. Hey, it, it was a big fish. That's the record. That's what PA has. They they have they have uh, they have a bigger one on display. Came from Kinzu uh, that was killed and then you know it died in one of their nets or something, and it, it would have broken that record, not by a lot, but now the Pennsylvania state record goes off of weight, not length. Yeah. That Conneaut Lake fish, I think if memory serves me, is right around 54 pounds, 54, yeah. 59 inches. I don't think it's that long. I, I, think it's, I think it's more like 50, because it's one of those crazy things. Like, okay, when I hear about someone catching a 50-incher that weighs 50 pounds, I sort of have some flags go up. I think that fish, I think that fish is only 56, 56 inches, 54 pounds. That's one heck of a round muskie. Yeah, it was probably eating, you know, the early jet skiers. <laughs> yeah. Feeding on 
muskrat. Yeah, but anyhow, so there's a mystique about this lake. And when I first started guiding in PA, I took people there. I one of my very best friends that uh, you know I, I, I still fish with and talk to all the time. You know, that's how he contacted me. He wanted to go there. This is where the record came from. I want to go fish this lake. You know, it's a beautiful lake to fish. Uh, lots of pike. Uh, but there's there's muskies in there. Andy and I saw couple fish that day we fished last season. We saw a nice, yeah. thick, healthy fish follow yeah. a little spinnerbait when we were just pitching for little baby pike. Yeah. Yep. Uh, saw but, one right off the bat. You and uh, you and Vance were there a week or two before that and saw some giants in there, some tankers that were spawning. I mean, they're, they're, they're there. <laughs> uh, but, Yeah. We, we, so anytime I do a trip there, you know, I, I enjoy going there. I mean, I'm going to probably start doing it more just for the fact and tell people, hey, there's a lot of pike. And that's what I told these guys. You know, it, it, the, the people I took were the younger, uh, the 15-year-old boy and his dad. They're into just getting into that type of fishing, you know, throwing baits. It never caught a pike. It never caught a muskie. And, uh, you know, because they, they, that, that I, I ran into them at a show, and that's how it all got started. They were talking about anywhere to catch pike. Yeah, there's a place to catch pike. There's muskies in there, too. And so that's how the trip all came about. Here's, so we were on a pike slash maybe a muskie trip. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they both got their first pike. We, we, you know, we hooked. Gee, we weren't seeing a lot of follows that day. But, uh, yeah, they got some pike. Kid was throwing one of the raptors, soft tail, jerking it. He had just caught a pike. His dad had just caught a 28-inch pike, not a big one or anything. But, uh, you know, the fish hit, and he, he, he set the hook, and, I mean, the rod was hammering. He, and he looked at me, and he had the big eyes, you know, as a 15-year-old kid. He's like, I think this is a bigger fish. And, and, and I, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, I think that's a bigger fish, too. Now, I still don't know if it's just a nice-sized pike because we don't really catch all that many big pike. But, uh, you know, I grabbed the net, jumped up the front of the boat, and was looking down in the water. And, yeah, saw it swimming through those weed beds. You know, it, it, it all those beautiful, clear weeds, and I could see every bar in that fish when he came by, or she came by, spawned out female. But I was like, no, man, you, you got, like, I kept saying, you know, at any time, we could hook into one of these things. So, I mean, I always feel it's a little bit of a long shot there because of all the pike, but, yeah. It's so not a little bit. Catches. It is a long shot. It's a long shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you and, you and a, a friend. Uh, yeah, me. I'll tell that story like, when you get your fishing thing done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he got the fish in. It absolutely, totally inhaled the raptor. I mean, hopefully it's the worst hookup that I have to deal with this season. Uh, it hit the bait head first. So as this thing comes by the boat, I can see a little bit of the white twister tail sticking out of the mouth. That's it. The whole bait is gone. And uh, so that's like, you know, bits of twister tail and the bait. You're almost talking about 10, 11 inches of bait. And, uh, you know, he, yeah, I mean, that thing just inhaled it. I put it in that, and, you know, we got it out and everything. It was a nice, you know, nice fish. And the kid ended up turning around, and we got a, he, he got a second muskie. You know, a little later, he ended up getting six, six, six pike, two muskies. But uh, you know, it's a beautiful lake to fish if you go early. But you can't really expect to 
catching mosquitoes. It's just going to be a bonus, I guess. Mm. But uh, they're in there. They're in there. They're, they're in there. You know, and when I would fish it, I always told people, you got to fish it early in the morning mm-hmm. or do it when it's raining. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, you know, if you, if you don't hit that early season, another nice time to be out there is in the fall. And then we already talked about the me and Vance being out there, but, um, you know, it's I, a very unique lake. I mean, when the, the, the second fish we caught, because they were really watching the depth finder and paying attention to what I was doing, you know, we were in eight, nine feet of water. The weeds were not up very high. Uh, you know, the weeds were behind even in that lake. The weeds that are those big, tall cabbages that grow in 14, 15 feet of water were only up about eight, nine feet. The water's clear when the sun was out. You could see the tips of them and stuff, but it's just absolutely gorgeous place to fish. But so he catches the one, and, and the wind was hardly blowing. He gets the one fish, and uh, you know, picked it up real quick. Took a picture. It was a mid thirty or upper thirty, thirty seven. It was, and then we put it back in the water. And I turned. And I said, "Now you see the drop here. You see how this boat falls off in the nowhere land." And we looked at the depth finder. We we're in fifty two feet of water. Yeah, that. Just, off the weed edge. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is something that I, I always question. It's, it's a natural lake, but it, it is, it does have like a dam in it, like a flood control dam. Mm-hmm. And I think that dam, it, it might be concrete or even could be boards that they could take boards out to drain faster. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I've seen it. I haven't studied the outflow, but it's, you know, so anytime you put a dam in a lake, you're going to bring it up some, some, you know, amount so i always think you know that first break in in a lot of these lakes around here that are natural is so severe that it's like someone i guess the way i describe it is it step on a golf ball and then pluck it out of the ground it's (laughs) like they just it just falls off an edge and you're immediately deep Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering you wonder like is that the normal lake is the is is the normal shoreline right where that break is what what should be if it was completely natural Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. controlled so i always wonder that because we do have a lake around here that it shares a lot of that similarities that that has it's a natural it's it's very small but it is completely natural there is nothing regulating water height at all except mother nature and there, there there's a really thick we call it the mangroves this red brush kind of stuff that grows out and it at the edge of this red brush, it's anywhere between probably five and eight feet deep, but that lake just goes deep fast, real mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, if, if they were to say, damn that up and add three feet to it, you would then have a long shoreline of, of shallow weeds, but you know, you'd also need a brush hog to get through the, the mangroves. Yeah. The mangroves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of those lakes, because of all the, uh, you know, people that built around them, Chautauqua, Conneaut, all those, you know, the, the basic thing they put those dams in were so they could control the mm-hmm. water. I mean, if, if Chautauqua Lake would go up five feet, as we've talked about some of these flood control lakes, I mean, you, you, they would flood billions and billions of dollars worth of homes. Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean... You, you, you know, it, it can't do that. So they put those dams in just to regulate the. Uh, I mean, we, 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 we've said that before. I mean, a flood, the flood stage when the people are flipping out on those lakes is when it's up a foot. Right. Uh, 
but with that dam, they can control that short shoreline a little bit rather than just leave it up to Mother Nature. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. The The official PA state record is was caught 1925, 1924 by Lewis Walker, 59 inches, 54 pounds, 3 ounces. 3 ounces. 59, 59 inches. inches. Come on. But I, I, I have a hard time believing that... Uh, Come on. That what that that it was fifty nine inches. Yeah, they got a little picture of it. Uh, maybe it shriveled up like an old taxidermy, but yeah, it, it shriveled <laughs> up by ten inches. <laughs> but yeah, that's man. That uh, no wonder. Know, yeah, no I, wonder. I, I no wonder that record is right there. But that's uh, the longest. Of a fish. <laughs> the oldest muskie. As far as I know, that's what I've heard. It's the oldest muskie record out there. Yeah, but it it, it, it kind of comes right back to, you know, I, as far as I know, legitimately, I haven't heard of like a 55-inch muskie caught ever in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the record, the PA only goes off of weight, and I think you have to beat it by two ounces mm-hmm. in order, you know, because you could catch one that's, whatever, 54 pounds, four and three-quarter ounces, and you're like, yeah, close, but no cigar, even though you are yeah. bigger. yeah. yeah. So, but, jeez, you know, fifty-nine inches, fifty-four-three. That's God. No wonder it's nineteen twenty-four. Twenty-four. Yeah, we're coming up on hundred years here. <laughs> we are. We're gonna break it. I don't think they're gonna. I'm gonna tell you what. That one that Vance and I saw last year. Well, it, it, it wasn't 59 inches. No, but it, 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 it wasn't 50 pounds, but it was definitely mid-40s. Oh, well, they're big. They're tankers in there, usually. Yeah. I've had, I mean, I've had encounters with some big fish in that lake over the years. Swimming in twos. Uh, Swimming in... Remember that group of, like, five? They were all swimming. Yeah, I mean, they were... Synchronized they, swimming. They were, yeah. They were, they were spawning. And, um... Vance, I just remember Vance saying, I'm going to figure eight deeper. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely did not say that. No, he did not. I just had to say that. I barely figure eight. Oh, my God. My credibility on this is is just dropping by the second year. Yeah, your street cred. God. You don't have to. Give me that treble hook. You don't have to with with the damn... I mean, I'll figure eight, but, I mean, you don't have to with the Raptors getting them... The damn boat side. But. Hey, I got one on a figure eight with a raptor. Like I think I told you that just the other day. It was like one of the true figure eight fish I've ever caught, mm. and it was one of the last. It was one of the last fish. It was like the second, second or the last fish, second to the last fish. It was one of the last fish I caught last year. Yeah, I you know I just uh, it's tough. I, I'm I'm a, a jerk bait guy. It's it's tough to. F- I know you're a jerk. Do uh. A, a figure eight with them, you know. I I kind of do like a fig a figure we out. We're doing something different than, than than most of the people are doing. Yeah. You know, we're taking. I'm I'm I, I probably take about the same amount of time at the boat. You would if you would go into these figure eights. It's just that when that bait is ten feet off the end of my rod. That's what I'm trying to get hit, and that's where we hook a ton of the fish. Mm-hmm. You know, letting that thing just sit there, pause, snap, snap. Yeah, I love snap, that. Snap. That little, that little pause. They're they're coming in right behind it, and that pause, and just that little. 
pop up yeah. right in front of it, and then that thing just bam. Or you're doing that, and then another one just comes, you know, out from under the boat and just and cranks they, 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 it. They can't wait to get into their fake race. You know what I mean? They're they're bringing it in, preparing for the figure eight ahead of time, and you know that that's that, that's just the way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. We are taking time to get those boat side strikes, but as I tell all my clients, everybody that I go, they're they're like, you know, everyone says figure eight. You know, what about the figure eight? And I explain to them what what we want them to do. You know, I was like, yeah, when you get it up here, and we have guys get them. You know, if that fish is still coming, but. It's easier to hook that fish if there's ten feet of line out off the end of the pole. Mm-hmm. And that's... when you're into that figure eight, it just is. Especially with, I mean, I've hooked them. I can hook them. Most people just pull them straight up on the rod. It's like I got one, and you know, <laughs> the fish is splashing out of the water, and, and and we lose the fish. I'd rather give him the hit. So I mean, it's just a little bit different what we're doing. We're I mean, still you're taking you're, time for those boat side strikes. But... You're you're doing some kind of maneuver, but it, it's not the oh, yeah. preached figure eight. Now I, I I take a different approach, and Vance can Vance can vouch for me on this. When I get the bait about eight feet from the from the rod, I reel it up as fast as I can, and I just lay into a huge bomb cast. <laughs> I, I want to catch that fish as soon as the bait hits the water, two hundred feet out there. It's gonna uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> because I, I feel I got a better chance of doing a good hook set when I have seventy yards oh, wow. of line out. Yeah, yeah. that is true. <laughs> I, 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 I try to give the fish no chance to eat at the boat. Because <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> You're sight fishing at that point. Oh, man. Yeah. Poach yeah, so on, on Connie off the other day there, both of the kids fish. I mean, one one hit probably just a couple jerks into it. And as I said, man, that thing was shaking. And we got to see it all perfect. And then uh, we got into a little bit more pike action. And uh, you know, I was going back and forth between two or three spots. Here in Pennsylvania, a lot of lakes, you can't run your big motor. You know, you have to run these little 20 horses. That's all the state land and all the state. So, so it's neat. You know, I was hitting a couple areas. So the, the place we cut the fish is like a 100-yard stretch of weed, maybe. And uh, it was the fourth time I hit it that day. Just a place I have good confidence in and a place that I've caught them many times before. And we see, you know, we were seeing some pipe down there. And, uh, we, you know, we were seeing, you know, just a, an area like that for the fourth time through. But I could just fire up and say, let's go hit this, let's go hit this. And uh, when we went to the other spot, that's where we had seen a couple muskies the week before when I was out with some other guys. And, uh, you know, he was doing the same thing, jerking. He was maybe mid-cast. And, you know, when the I was just staring, you know, I, was just, I just was watching these guys fish, and I was just looking right at his bait and, Fish just come in from the side, T-boned it, and did a big flop, and, and uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, you got a, you got a nice fish. He, and he, you know, the kid was excited. He's like, I think it's another musky. I said, I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the kids on social media sending these pictures out. Uh, you know, he was friends with some friends of mine, long, long story, but, you know, I was started getting messages like, where are you at? <laughs> Nice. How did you, you, that's, that, you know, that's the second fish. Andy sent one back like, okay, so that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Catching two muskies on that lake has never happened in the history of that lake. That is that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch him. I just was watching. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it was a great day. Great day. It is a brutal lake to try to catch a muskie. I'm not saying it's impossible. It is tough. But the lake... 
you know, the, other than the fact that it has an obscene amount of pressure from other boats, not like fishing pressure, just mm. it has such big, beautiful weed beds. And it, and I, I, I've seen this when I was fishing it with, with my, my one friend who was a bass guy. We would be, it's one of those lakes that take forever to get to four or five feet deep. Mm-hmm. And we will be in, you know, he'll be wanting to catch a bass in four or five foot of water. And the, and the weeds sometimes have sparse and, and you can work baits through them and stuff. But we would be, I don't know, 100, 150 yards offshore. And we're in like three or four foot of water. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a ski boat go between you and the shore. <laughs> and you're like, how are you not dragging bottom? Yeah. 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 And they're pulling a skier and there's people, you know, they got, you know, some uh, rap music blaring on the speakers and. Techno house music. Oh yeah, that's really popular nowadays. Yeah, and and it's just then you turn around and there's a pontoon boat, you know, that just anchors up behind you and throws out six rods with with bobbers on them. Mm-hmm. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but now now you're stuck. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, I, I got I got a fish story for you on this because it's kind of along the same line, just Todd. Um, I got my boat and my ranger. Vance, read read that writing on that plug. I did not write on that, but I also did not wipe it off. It's kind of tough. I think it says two fourteen thirteen. Yep, two fourteen February fourteenth, two thousand thirteen. Okay, on my trolling motor plug, that it's the Ranger style plug that just plugs in so you can have your batteries to your trolling motor. <clears throat> The uh, a family friend of mine, he likes to write stuff down. He wrote on the plug the day I got it because he thought it was really neat. It was not to get into how I got my boat. I think I already covered that mm. in one of the earlier podcasts. It was the perfect thing. I, I had like a day and the roads were clear. It was February. It was Valentine's Day. I left bright and early. I went to Indianapolis. I bought the boat, drove, brought it back. The next day we had a big snowstorm. So <laughs> I got the boat when it was all dry. Everything was great. <clears throat> the first muskie in this boat would have came from that summer. So 2013, mm-hmm. uh, I had uh, a friend of mine, you know, we, we've known each other. We were the same age, but we went to two different schools that were like over a county line. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted to learn how to catch a muskie. <clears throat> so we got him set up and stuff. He came over to my house and literally he had... A bait caster that he had just bought, and I told him what to get, and a rod, and they were still like brand new. I had to spool line on his bait caster because all of all of this little group was busting on him because he was using spinning gear. <laughs> so he finally just broke down and got it, and I said, "I'll teach you how to use it. Come with me." And I, it was one of those days that I just didn't think nothing was going to happen, so I gave him a couple options, and he chose to go to Connie Lake. Mm-hmm. So we went to Connie Lake, and he knew very well that we're very very remote chance we were going to catch a muskie mm-hmm. so we actually started out in the exact area where todd caught todd's client got that that first fish that inhaled that raptor mm-hmm. we went there you know and we we worked that 100 200 yard stretch for half hour and then i said i'm going to go to a spot where we lost one in a tournament you know a year or two prior and it was this really hard inside weed edge corner and he was he was just getting the hang of the bait caster. I set all the brakes really conservative so he wouldn't get a backlash and and, and just become disgruntled. Mm. And he was throwing just a safety pin spinner that I made. Mm-hmm. 
and I was working the deep edge with a raptor, and he was casting over the over the weeds. Now, he had never caught a muskie. So he's reeling, and I hear him go, ooh! And I look back, and he does like this really weak hook set, and he's like, oh, it's just weeds. And I look, and I'm like, oh, geez. I said, no, there, there's one on there. <laughs> and I look, and I'm like, wait, or is that, what, what the heck? <clears throat> he sets the hook at, like, again, not, not very strong, but... You know, he, he made an attempt. Mm-hmm. And it just, the fish really didn't give a crap. The fish swam to the boat. I, I ran and grabbed the net. And I opened up the net. And the fish took a half-hearted run. And when I say a half-hearted run, it literally didn't care. Mm-hmm. It was more like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and <clears throat> if, if you were, you know, he would not be a good employee. <laughs> it, it, you know, he just doesn't care. Yeah. Doesn't care about the, the that he's a muskie. <laughs> And what he should be doing. He just doesn't care. He, he, Yeah. So I put the net in the water. And my friend was bringing... As he was guiding the fish to the net, mm-hmm. he started squealing a little bit. Oh, my. <clears throat> and I'm saying that because if any of the friends listening, probably either a couple couple of the, the guys in the group know. Squealing. He, he was squealing and he kind of got on his tippy toes and it was a little bit awkward at that moment. Oh, my. But I netted the fish, and he got all excited and stuff. And I, I, I made mention that he did two very not strong hook sets. Mm-hmm. He drove. It was a safety pin spinner. He drove the hook right through the top of the fish's mouth, dead net center in the in the, in the snout. No way. And I don't know how that happened because I have rocked the boat before on hook sets, and it barely penetrates. And he does this mamby pamby hook set. Thinking that it's a weed, and it just penetrates. This fish wasn't going nowhere. Any, I mean, besides being lazy, the fish, even if it was like trying, to. if it just would have slammed six Red Bulls, yeah. it wouldn't have got off. <laughs> and we um, <laughs> we picked the fish up. We take some photos. Now the fish had like a, it was like a broke back kind of fish. Todd, mm. Todd, would you can, do you think its back was broken or just was? Yeah, but it was back. Back pretty far, like back almost by the dorsal fin, right? It was, yeah, it was. Where it had like a hook, like a. It was humped, but it, it wasn't. Hump, hump in it, yeah. And but it, it wasn't a heavy fish, and you know we did a quick measurement, and it was like a forty-seven. Mm-hmm. And w- by quick measurement, it could have it could have been forty-eight, it could have been forty-six, but I I saw forty-seven, and I'm like, well, this fish is like dying on us because it's not moving at all. <laughs> it was, a, I mean. It was a beautifully marked fish. Mm-hmm. It had the very, very odd looking. Yeah. And it had it had that giant old gator head. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we put looking, we, for we, sure. It was probably around nineteen twenty four, and it just missed its buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we we like put it in there. I take some good. He got some great photos, and the fish just literally just like very half heartedly ho hum, quick. You know, not even quick, just slow. And just disappeared back in the weeds. That's all he could do. He had a broken back. I be, he, I, it wasn't from the hook set, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never caught a muskie on a safety spin spinner. That's crazy. I mean, I have, but I, I, I fished with them you know, quite a bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't fish with them, so. yeah. but I've n- never caught one. Yeah, it, <laughs> but it was just the craziest thing. So... You know, in this this little group of guys, you know, there might have been a half a dozen that of these core guys that they're, they're from my hometown, and, and you know, they're all right around my age. 
Like every time I took one of them out, you know, that was like new to it or first time them fishing with me, they've got at least one. Wait, so this guy, yeah. this guy caught the first muskie in your boat. First muskie in my boat, still to date the longest, and his first muskie. Wow. All on a safety pin spinner that I made on a reel I spooled up that morning. Very 40 good. minutes into his first real muskie trip. And after that, I just became legendary. Legendary customer service when you go out fishing with Andy. Yeah, but here's, here's, here's the hard thing. Getting me to go out fishing. That is really, yeah. that is really <laughs> tough. And then we took him to Chautauqua a couple times. We, we, yeah, we, we took that fella to Chautauqua a couple times. And, and now he doesn't fish other unless he goes there. Pretty much. He changed jobs. He might not fish at all, but yeah. I mean, the, the one time he practically, like, when he found out that I was going to fish for fun with you, he's like, "If if if you didn't invite me, I was going to follow you." Yeah. <laughs> and then he got what, like, three or four that day. We let him reel mm-hmm. them all in. Mm. We were trolling. Yeah, just an afternoon trip. Yeah, that was a good trolling bite there. Yeah, and then we we saw that hook on that screen. You're oh like, yeah, yeah, I think that that's a musky. Yeah, that 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 year, that was the type of year it was trolling. It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, we were trolling down that point. And I was like, yeah, right there. That one should hit. I went. Andy went. Andy went. Zoop, zoop, and the rod went. Zoop, zoop, zoop. Literally a second after I stopped. <laughs> yeah, Todd. Todd's done that to me too before. Yeah, down at the PMTT, right? <laughs> no, not, not we, there. we weren't doing. That. <laughs> Not tree. Uh, no, we tree. we both call tree. those ones. That's a tree. Yeah. That's a tree. That's a tree. I think that's a fish. <laughs> I believe it is. So. <laughs> no, but that, yeah, that was a that was an awesome fish. You sent me the picture. I was on a charter trip on Chautauqua. And uh, you know, you got me that day. You beat me. That that is mark it down. Probably the only time that I will beat Todd ever. <laughs> In uh, in in, I in mean, big we had fish. Like five, but we didn't have anything for you. You had okay. You had five, but he had the big one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so funny because Todd knew that I was going fishing that morning, and then I send him one, and he's like, "Really? Out of that lake? Yeah. <laughs> it was just." Yeah. <laughs> That's the way the fish look. Normally, those fish are just big eggs in there. Yeah, it, and, uh, it, it is. I'm not. I'm not discrediting it. We've caught some very ugly 52 inch fish and 53 inch fish. I don't. I don't shun them. Ugly is good. It's I all about care. looks. But for when you. he sends a picture, they're like, "Look at that prehistoric looking thing." <laughs> it was really it dark. What I was expecting. Brownish in color, like little. I almost call them like. The, the markings towards the tail is, is, is what, what I remember most. And it's almost like if you peel the bark off like a dead log and there's like those little worm wiggle holes, mm-hmm. it, they, they, they were really tight, mm-hmm. like jigsaw puzzle pieces. Yeah. And it was just yeah. really cool. And I did not expect... Very, very cool color. I mean, you know, a lot of the big fish we catch around here, you know, the natural strain out of Chautauqua, Conneaut, a lot of those big ones get brown. They're, they're like a golden brown, and they have like some chocolate bars on it. That fish was more like chocolate covered with almost like black bars. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, like the next stage of age. Or <laughs> yeah. 
it, 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 it forgot. It had Alzheimer's and it, it forgot that what to do. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice fish for sure. Great catch. It, it, it was, and you know, but that lake is one of those lakes that I like to go to if I just want to have fun tinkering around with snot rocket. Yeah. 18 to 24 inch pike. Hammer handles, man. It, no, it's not, it's, yeah. It's, it's done. It, next, this weekend, it is going to be insane there. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's over now. Unless you want to go in it looks like November, a- which that's when I used to. I used to fish it a good bit, you know, when I was in high school, college, in in the late fall, because I didn't always have the money to drive all the way to Chautauqua, but, you know, it's only 50 minutes from where I live, and uh, that's when we had some of the, we did see some nice fish then, but like I said, back then, you would see some fish, but, you know, a pike was a, like a almost like a pleasant surprise. It's like, oh, there's, you know, at least it's a cheeky fish. <laughs> and you would get them every once in a while, but it just got to the point, I mean, I'm talking 15, 20, 15 or 20 years ago, when it was like, okay, I don't know how much fun I'm having here. We've seen 18 pike and haven't seen a muskie. But, you know, you have to admit, uh, the few trips that we've done in the last couple of years there, I've been seeing muskies. We we saw muskies every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time. Yeah, early early on, like when I started fishing that, you know, I don't know, maybe ten years ago. Um, it, I did not see that many muskies, but I mm-hmm. saw a ton of bowfin, mm-hmm. a huge number of bowfin. Which now I can't. That's a big change too. Like I told you, Andy, I still have never caught one. But when we fish it, I never even heard of them. I mean, I heard of them. I've never seen a bowfin. Never saw one there in my entire life. And you and I saw a bunch that day last year we fished. Yeah, and, and you had them. They have, as my buddy Eric says, they have a poor, uh, what was it, poor eating etiquette? Tech, no, yeah. poor eating <laughs> technique or something. And just they... they tough to set the hook on. They're just tough to get a hook in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, I don't know what they do. It's like they gum it and then let go. Yeah. And you set the hook and it pulls out and then they chase it and hit it again. You'll get them to hit four times on a cast. <laughs> it's all, it all has to be timing because that day I went with you, we probably saw 20 of them. Yeah. They, yeah. And they were, you, you, had, you had them going in super oh, yeah. skinny water. And I was, now, I just, I just fished it twice this year. I didn't find it. Same place. Same places. <laughs> you only fish the same we did. I, I never saw one. I, I had, I caught one, and I wish I would have taken a better photo of it. It was a giant. We were in one of those back bays. They had a feeder stream in it, and we were just there was an old row of docks that are like no longer there, but the poster there and some of the slat boards just all in the bottom. Uh-huh. And I was working a black swimmer through there, and just I, I must have hit a like a big giant spawning school of bowfin. There was a dozen of them, just like swimming in and out of each other and stuff. <laughs> I run that swimmer through there, and like this giant bowfin just mm. just sucked the whole thing down, set the hook, brought it to the boat. And I, I'm kidding you not, it was like this big around. I mean, and it's not, what do you think that is, five, six inches in diameter? And it was probably... That looks probably a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, it that was... That big around? It was, it, yeah. was, it was just this giant bowfin, and it was probably... 
low 30s. Mm -hmm. It was the biggest yeah, I've ever caught. I was going to say, that day we saw them, a lot of them were, I mean, they were over two feet. Yeah. Or, and, you know, two feet plus, plus or minus. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's like the average. This, mm -hmm. this fish took that, and the reason I didn't get a good photo of it is, when I brought it to the boat, the, the bottom hook of that swimmer caught in the gills and actually ripped part of the gill out of its mouth. Mm. And I'm like, ugh. So I kind of just got a water photo of it and then released it. Mm -hmm. But it was like enormous. Mm -hmm. And I, a lot of people don't like them. I, 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 don't, I don't know why that is. But I think they have like a primitive lung that they can live in like very stagnant water mm -hmm. and breathe yeah. like, like a... They're almost like sturgeon. Like they, they, they can trace those things back genetically where they haven't really morphed much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they can't crawl on land like I've heard some mm. people say, but they can live <laughs> in really awful conditions and survive. You've heard people say that they... Yeah, I mean, because they, they'll attribute to... I think a snakehead can kind of do a primitive crawl. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and, and they, they're halfway... They look similar, and there's posters yeah, and they stuff do. like that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's silly, because I even had other other friends of mine I, that I, I haven't talked to this guy in a long time. He's like, yeah, every time I catch one, I kill it. I'm like, why? He goes, because they eat all the other fish. I'm oh, like, that, Jesus. wait a minute. You just got done telling me that you think that people are crazy to say that muskies eat all the fish. Yeah. These things have been around forever. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, so... I think they're really cool. Yeah, I want to catch one. That's a bucket yeah, list for I've me. Yeah, I never, I never, I never did. You know, it is really. I mean, there were times we'd even go to some of the other local lakes in the spring. And it, it, you're right; it's a timing thing. I, I seem to, looking back, I haven't caught one in a while. Um, it was, it was that spring bite. It was like that mid-spring, and it was really neat because I was fishing a lot with Eric at that time. The, the bass fisherman, he'd be throwing like a bass buzz bait. And, and you you hear, bonk, and try to take it, bonk, mm -hmm. bonk. It, like, it, it just kept... Another bow fish. It just could not... Its technique was poor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and eventually you could get it to go. But I, I got them on big, like, circles at the side of the boat. Mm -hmm. I, I became, like, you know, the, the bowfin whisperer. Because <laughs> I, I was hitting Connie at Lake so much, they would come following in, sometimes two or three wide. Mm -hmm. They'd be well, it's true, because you told me about them, and I was like, I never saw out. I fished there one time with you, and we probably saw close the whisper twenty. Yeah, it, it was it was the neatest thing because I, I would just be casting out a little spinner bait, a little inline or whatever, and they'd be coming, and you'd do a circle, and you could they would follow the circle for hours if, if you had the stamina. Mm. But I, what I found was don't speed it up, slowly slow it down, and when they catch up to it, they think they I don't know did something. They'll open their mouth, and you just kind of time it, pause, let it get in there, set the hook, and you got one. Yeah. But it was, I, one of the only fish in Pennsylvania I caught on a double 10 was a bowfin in Connie Lake. <laughs> one of the only fish. And I, I, there was a time I fished them hard. Hot bait. It was. It was pink. Mm. It was a pink double cowgirl. Hot pink. They love that color. I have one in somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, it's, it's just a really cool lake. And... By no means, nobody should plan their vacation going there. Fourth of July weekend, Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend. It is, it is ruined by all the other boaters. By the bowfin tournament. 
Well, there is a Bowfin tournament. No way. It's actually, it, it's kind of like a side off of this other tournament. It's for a sportsman's club there. But it's like a $5 uh, entry to do the biggest Bowfin. The biggest Bowfin gets half the pot. Oh, yeah. So, but uh, it's all, you know, it's catch and release. So, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, 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 it's a neat little place. It's, uh, yeah, like I said, I, out of all the places I've been, I don't know that I could find a place that has prettier weeds than, than there, everywhere I've been. I mean, it's just unbelievably gorgeous lake to fish. But. You, you, you have a couple small islands. You have mud bottom, gravel mm-hmm. bottom. You have some rocky spots, not not a lot. You have feeder streams. You got deep edges. You got, yeah. you know, mid lake humps. It sounds like a, yeah. a, a natural, you know, it's, it's a natural lake. It's I guess you insane. have a dead mammoth at the bottom, I think. Is that that's what that's the old myth that there's a there's a I mean they have pulled in, mammoth out of the, in the southern end of the lake there's a place where people dive down and you can see some bones of a woolly mammoth or something really cool I mean it's it I, I love the lake I just if I could just have like I don't know if I could own I don't know two thousand acres and a thousand of it was that lake, and don't let anyone build around it. It would be, inc- it would, it, it's like the lake <laughs> because yeah. it's big enough that you could spend an afternoon fishing it, and only have one house on it, and it'd be mine. Man, that was like that. That was that was that lake was like Pittsburgh royalty when I was a younger kid. Royalty. Yeah. If you had, yeah. If you had a place up there, or if you went up to Conneaut, I mean, that, it, you you had made it in life. Looks like we've made it. Yes, that style. <laughs> I mean, it, it, people would always talk about going up to Conneaut Lake. We would go up there. There was an amusement park and all this other crazy crap. Amusement was... park that is in like $4 trillion of debt. Oh, yeah. Shambles, yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. It's historic. Yeah. It has one of the it, oldest it, roller coasters in the world. Yeah. yeah, it does. Or in the U.S., I should say. Yeah. The old wooden roller coaster. I forget what it's very, called. Very historic. It's the Blue Streak. Blue Streak. Yep. Fact check us on that. The Blue Streak, Connie at Lake. It's the Blue Streak. I, I remember the... the. Uh, I always heard people talking there like, oh, you know, they took the Blue Streak down. They, they, some other park bought it. They, Pittsburgh guys were always talking to me, but saying that stuff. Like it, it, but At one point, they said it went up to like Cedar Point or something. No, it's still there. Myths. So there. Myths. I took a guy out from like Texas on on Chautauqua one time. He was up there vacationing. He said, I, "I think we're pretty close. How far is that Conneaut Lake from here?" And I said, "It's like an hour." Here, this guy's like a roller coaster buff. Mm-hmm. Like, and they traveled around. They had this group of people travel around and go to these old wooden roller coasters. He's like, yeah, we, we had a group that got together, and we took a bus, and we went up, and everyone rode. And I was like, yeah, you're about an hour south from from, from, from Chautauqua here. You know, and he said, yeah, I knew it was close, and this and that. And he said, yeah, there's, it's one of, I can't remember what he said, five or seven of the old original left and still running. And people go ride it because of that. Of course, not that many, because like you said, it's in... It's the, the the yeah the park yeah. is in terrible financial troubles, <laughs> but it does have the hotel Conneaut, which is deemed to be haunted. Uh, of course, I would tell you this: I would not spend the night in it. Just look at it. 
I, I get a bad vibe looking at it from the lake. And uh, okay, I got I got one more story. I don't think I even told you guys this. We were down there near. This was this was not with a young boy. Uh, Did you have day. to sacrifice him? Guys, the week before, and they so the guy was about my age, and he's like, "So you think that place is haunted?" I didn't. I never knew that. I never heard it. I have no idea whether it's haunted or not. And right before you get to the park, it's a bunch of big. Fancy houses there, and uh, so I'm 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 fishing with you know, or the guy in front of the boat's fishing, the guy in the back of the boat's fishing. I'm standing there running the motor, and I look up to one of these houses, and this is my initial thought. I look and I was like, why in the world would someone have a mannequin of a naked lady? You peeping Tom. In their window, and I'm standing there. You know, I'm standing in the boat looking, and I'm like, and there, there is a naked lady-looking mannequin standing in front of these huge picture windows in this giant house, looking out over the lake. And as I'm thinking this, her eyes kind of glance down, see our boat right there, and the mannequin spins around. And starts walking away. And I, I'm standing, I, 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 so I'm standing on the boat and I look and I'm like, oh my gosh. And the guy in the front of the boat said, did you just see that? <laughs> I said, yes, you saw it too. Are you, see- so wait, was this a mannequin? Or, or no, really? it was, it was, no, it was a lady. It was a lady standing there butt naked in front of this picture window, like looking out over the lake. Now this is first thing in the morning, this is an eight. <laughs> Eight o'clock in the morning. Okay, like on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't I, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say anything because every now, every single time I go there, I'm going to see who's sitting on the porch. <laughs> but you can just throw a number out there. What, what, when was this? The fall? This was no, like this was, uh, a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Oh my God, she was probably like, I got some time here just to walk around naked. The, it's not it's not boater like season yet. That's not a good truth because when I when I, I said something and she turned and I went, Oh my gosh. And the guy in the front of the boat said, Did you just see that? <laughs> <laughs> I said, Yes, I did. X rated Muddy Creek trip. Jeez, peep yeah. show. Mm. We will put you on the correct spot. It was spot. one of those things that looked like a mannequin. I mean, she could have been a ten. She might have been 70 years old and not a 10. I don't know. And not a 10? <laughs> I wasn't really, you know, it was hot on the shore, and I was just like, look at that. You're, you're positive, yeah. you're, but you're positive it was a woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it had boobs. Well, there's some men out Bruce there. Uh, Could have been a Bruce Jenner, but I don't oh, think. Oh, no. <laughs> Who's Bruce Jenner? I only know a Kate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. I don't, I'll never... Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Back to um, here. I thought you were going to give us a cool ghost story. I thought it was a ghost story. Now we're in a ghost. No, no, it was no. It wasn't a ghost. It was in one of the big. It's a big. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say because I don't want to give away the spot. He, can't give away he, the he doesn't want to give away his peeping goes. spot. Big, no. Huge, big, huge house with all these big picture windows. Next time you go there, there's going to be all these boats anchored up with telescopes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody finds out, you know, email us, man, woman, yeah. 
And uh, rating. Yeah. We'll be getting all these texts. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so Hotel Connie, that's haunted. Uh, Todd is a peeping Tom. We found yeah, that out. Peeping, peeping fisherman. Yeah. Uh, you got to be careful. There's still fishermen out there before the boater season starts. Anybody that has lakefront property. And yeah. big picture windows. Mm-hmm. That's, you know. She might just not care. F it. She made it. Yeah. He made it. They made it Pittsburgh royalty. So, Vance, do you want to get to, uh, uh, or just skip it? Yeah, we can, we can get to it. Um, I, I'm sitting here, <laughs> and I... <laughs> uh, I'm I, a bad I, influence. Andy's a bad influence, and Todd is... We, we, we have this thing like, I, 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 there are times where I'm thinking of doing things and I have to resort back to this saying, what would Todd do or what would Todd think or say? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I always, I, I, and I, I do that too. What would, what would Todd do in this situation? It's always, you know, like both. It's always the exact fishing. opposite of what we want to do. Yeah. And... <laughs> I'm sitting here. I don't even want to break this news. I feel like I'm going to my parents like when I was in my teens and I'm going to say like, hey, I knocked up. I knocked up somebody. What What the hell now? You know. Vance, I'm calling your mom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm just going to flat out. I'm going to say it. I'm going to break the news. And Andy, you give the details because I'm going to my hands. My hands are going to be in my head. But uh <laughs> I, do you need a sweatshirt? I, I do. I need a sweatshirt. I bought a jack plate for my motor. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Uh, what are you guys? <laughs> oh damn it! I, That's a real. I knew it. That's I had what he no was going to say. <laughs> we want to get more performance out of that boat. <laughs> Talked me into it. It's I was Andy's getting, fault. I was getting texts from Vance that said, "Jackplate, jackplate, jackplate." <laughs> you guys are crazy. I, uh, <laughs> Andy talked me into it. I, I I get calls from Andy, and I'll be like, "All right, we're gonna, we're going to talk business or something." And he's like, "So, I was thinking about that motor." <laughs> And he'll be like, what did you get? And I went out and... I have text of, of, of uh, top speeds and trim, trim location for venting and mm-hmm. uh, RPM. And I'm working out slip factors mm-hmm. and trying to figure this stuff out. So anyways... Go be, I, <laughs> I was... Uh... But th- there, there is... There's a big reason why there's a jack plate sitting in the bottom of the Ranger right now. It, 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 and it's because it has a name on it. The, yeah. That it was a sign. Andy looked all this up for me. He he finds his company. It's called Vance Manufacturing. Oh jeez. And I was like <laughs> And when I'm thinking about it in my head, 
I was like, it's a sign. I, I just got to go for it. I got to get it. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm looking at it right now. It looks to be just like every other jack plate out there. It's a manual jack plate. It's not a hydraulic. Mm -mm. It is about half the price of all the other ones. I hope, uh, hope that I don't see the... I can't see how. I'm looking at it. It's built the exact same way as all the others. Yeah, it's what, a quarter inch steel on there? I don't even know what the hell a jack plate does. What are you going to do, like move it up and down when you're driving? Well, no, I guess this will be Andy a great... had to explain all this stuff to me. I mean, he... We're talking about this and the height of the motor and the props and all the RPMs and what's happening when I go to this trim level. I'm following direction from him, and he says, you know, well, if you put a jack plate on there. Well, th this is th this is what I'm going with, is that we're, we're chasing this, this could-be mythical creature that Mercury has a performance number out there on a Lund Pro Guide 20-footer, very similar haul to the Alumacraft. And they're, they're claiming they're getting like 55, 56 miles an hour, like 6,300 RPM, with the same prop setup as Vance's motor. And I'm, I'm looking, we, we already jacked the motor up two holes, and it, it made a difference. But I, I, as the, the more I think about this, it worked really well on your Tempest, but you were blowing out on a low trim level. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, let's maybe we should drop it a hole or two. And then I started thinking, I'm like, well, if we're going to take it off, why don't we take it off, put it on something that we can adjust without taking it off the boat? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's where the jack plate came in because... It, 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 it sticks out the back further, right? Yeah. yeah we, we, we decided on a six-inch jack plate. Oh, that, it's only six inches. Okay. Yeah, it's not that giant 18-inch or, you know, one-footer. It's, it's a little six-inch. I say the next thing you know, he's going to be turned around backwards. I have not Vance was like after work, you know, tired as a dog, going out and measuring to make sure he had seat clearance to move the seat back a couple inches. So, mm -hmm. but okay, for anyone that doesn't know what a jack plate is, and what, what I I had no idea really what one was or what what could happen with with this thing. And thank Andy, like I said, he convinced me. I mean, like. You could buy two of these jack plates and still have money left over to buy a Tranks. You, that, you could. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the thing about them. Uh, you know, messing around with all these props. Uh, if your prop was five, six hundred bucks, you could just buy a jack plate and get more performance out of your prop. You could. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. They're, it's like a third of a price. Yeah. Of Vance Manufacturing, they yeah. got incredible pricing on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so the, like I'll explain to Todd what, what a jack plate can do. Um, if <clears throat> at the back of your boat, when you're going, if you ever looked over the edge of the transom, that there is your hull is displaced some water. And if you look at that water, that water comes up on an angle to try to meet mm -hmm. a normal level. Well, the bottom of the boat can create turbulence in that water. And it could be from crap on the bottom of the boat. Just imperfections, you know, if you hit a rock or something. Rivets will sometimes do it. Maybe sloppy welds. But there is a certain amount of turbulence in that water. And by moving the motor off the transom, even just a little bit, the water will filter out maybe some of the bubbles that are introduced and take out some of that turbulence. And, and like in parentheses or quotations, you'd call it clean water. The water is cleaner. Uh -huh. 
with that clean water, you'll have less of chance of the prop slipping because it's it's more of a clean water, mm -hmm. like I just explained. That's one <laughs> thing is then when you have that clean water, you can pick the motor up higher. And you pick the motor up higher, you have less of the motor dragging under the boat. So you, you reduce drag and your props in cleaner water. The next thing that it does is that since it's further back, you can, it, it, the motor has more leverage to pick the front of the hull up to create less wetted area on the bottom of the hull. And that the more wetted area on the bottom of the hull, the more friction. So you get less friction, you get cleaner water and a higher up people, you know, and, and you see a lot of performance gains on bass boats. And a lot of them are, you know, some of the older hulls that they didn't have all this sophisticated computer to figure out, you know, the hydrodynamics and this and that. Some people, and I'm not saying that this happens to Vance, I've read where some people picked up 9 to 11 miles an hour by putting a jack plate on because of just just the way stuff is. So looking at Vance's inertia prop and doing some looking, people said that the inertias tend to do better when they're in the water a little bit further than, say, like your Tempest. Well, if I was going to take that motor off, I didn't want to have to play around with, okay, let's silicone this thing up, bolt it back on, take it on the lake, mm. pull, bring it back up, unbolt it, drop it another hole. Mm. So we put the jack plate on. He'll gain a couple benefits from the clean water, the added leverage, and clean water average leverage. And, and we now have height adjustment by turning a wrench. Mm-hmm. So he could be out there, and there's going to be a play-around period. But since you were topping out on a light load at 6,100 RPM, and your ceiling is 64, rather than dropping prop pitch and buying another prop, mm -hmm. you could just, well, let's try finding a nice spot. And we might be able to pick up a couple hundred RPM, and then you're, you're set. Mm -hmm. It's cheaper than... Buying another prop. Buying another prop to get the maximum RPM out of that outboard. At this point, I was sold. So, by definition, it should help out. And and for nothing else, you could just say, now the caster doesn't have to worry about hitting that outboard because it's sticking out further with their knees. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was also some other convincing stories when Andy had told me he had gone 180 miles an hour on a street bike, and then he changed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I had my R1. And this, this is, you know, I did like a low 180s with my R1 on the speedometer. And that wasn't good enough. <laughs> Believe it or not, Todd, I was not satisfied with like 183 yeah, or 180. I've been doing a lot of talking behind my back here. <laughs> Andy's been doing a lot of talking. <laughs> I, feel take, I feel taken advantage of. I don't know what I got into. I'm scared. <laughs> I was not satisfied with 180s. I want you know how cold it's going to be if you get that boat goes faster. Hey, it's going to be like oh, 90 degrees this weekend. Might, might get stop, stop yelling at me. <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I, yeah your, your, your hair. Your, 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 I'll just have you lay down, man. I'll just have you. You'll bring a quilt or an afghan. My hair is going to be really messed up. I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to shave my head. It'll just be like me. <laughs> Don't have any hair. Mm. Even if you wanted it, it's not there. But it makes 
Made sense. No one, no one can even look forward in that boat. So. Well, hopefully we're going to have that thing trimmed up that Vance has to look <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> yeah, because you're not going to be able to see over the front. We're going to make the guy up front look. Uh. Tell me if there's anybody in front of me. We'll hook a camera up with a live stream, go into a monitor. <laughs> you have to wear sunglasses. One of them skull dries face my, masks. Dries my contacts out. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy some of those face mask things. Gosh. Dries I think it. I'm going to get the clown one. The clown one. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the boat has really started to work good. I well, mean, well, I'm pretty... I'm pretty now's up. the time to mess with it. Once it starts working good, yeah, it's yeah, not done yet. It's going to simplify some things if I was going to pick that, you know, lower that motor down again and... You know, now I'll have to just do it one other time. I signed myself up for more work. I was either going to do that or I was yeah. going to buy another prod. Eventually. Eventually. Like I said, this was a, like a third of a price of a prod. Yeah. I also was like, wow. I, I think yeah. I'll get the four inch. Andy was like, you might as well go six. Well, see, I also... <laughs> I, 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 I also emailed... Get the two foot. <laughs> so, Put the extension handle. Rippers. Yeah, that, and that, that was that, a, that was an option too. To get the how about, how about how about all these options that were thrown into our conversation? Uh, I'll just make something that makes you makes you sit back there or be able to grab onto the the tiller handle. And then there was also I was like, well, I think I only have about six inches of clearance on my garage ceiling. You it's told me three. three. Three at first, but I measured in the dark. And he was like, well, we can just cut the garage door out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are crazy. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> we'll notch the, the entry door. <laughs> that was a joke. Just to get a couple. Yeah, but you know, you're, already, you're already trying to shove that thing in there. You, you, you bumped it the one time. Uh, I, I did, I did, but I, I fixed that you up. Go, yeah. Oh god! <laughs> I forgot about. <laughs> we'll cut the it was garage. a passing joke. We'll cut the garage door. We'll cut the. <laughs> we'll put like broom bristles I on it. I have a friend that's got a big Ranger, and he put a big where you back it in. He installed a big bay window so the motors would fit back there. Oh my gosh! Are you? Bay windows yeah. are very expensive. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. He, would. He, would. He, he he had he cut the back end out of the Thousands. garage and put a bay window in there so you could fit it. In the garage. That'd be funny, like if he pulls his boat out and like the front of the cowling is like yeah. a rich color and the back is sun faded, <laughs> just from months of sitting in the sun. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah. So when's this taking place? I have no idea. I'm not sure yet. I, yeah. you know, I can't tinker around with it much when we get on. A boga costs more than this does. It came to like three hundred some bucks. Really? Yeah. I thought it was like two. Well, with shipping. Oh. And the bolts. You got the bolts. That's right. You know. But I'll be able to adjust it. You could adjust the, it when you're on the water. When I'm on the water. To hit that sweet spot. You hit that sweet spot. That's the thing is once you get it adjusted correctly, you should not have to touch it again. <laughs> Unless you want to try a different prop. You too. I don't think I'm going to do the prop thing. I'm hoping that this just gets put on there and a couple little ups and downs and that's it. That would be a perfect world. Nothing's been quite perfect with the boat, but 
I was, I was taken advantage of. And then he tells me that, that he wants to get a six. He was like, yeah, I was thinking about putting a jack plate on mine. I've been thinking about that for years. <laughs> well, I want one too. <laughs> hey, pull a ticket, get yeah. in line. <laughs> get in line. <laughs> Take a number. Except my jack plate's going to be hydraulic, so I can there you go go into into my shallows and raise the motor straight up rather than trimming. That makes sense for you to get one. It does. See, see, Todd, this is how these conversations then go. You, we enable each other. The motor on a tree or something. <laughs> yeah, but then I can also lower the motor. You'll get stuck. When you're oh, doing, yeah, you can lower it back down and bury it in the mud. That's right. Who needs a power pole when I got a hydraulic jack plate and there a. You go. And a skag that hasn't broken yet. All you gotta do yeah. is like hit the key and just boom, and then right. through there. Mm -hmm. You can make another fishing spot. <laughs> do you think I've done that? <laughs> <laughs> you probably have. Oh man. You're like, hey, this ain't deep enough. Spin the boat around. <laughs> Jam the Minn Kota in, the, in the earth. Okay, next week we're catching one right there in this little trench. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, we w wanted to try and do it before the the uh, the opener and stuff, but we're gonna see how that see if we can get it done. Maybe maybe tomorrow or Friday. I'm gonna see how things go. Yeah, it shouldn't take that long. I mean, for as much as it took for us to jack the motor up, mm -hmm. it, it should take very very similar in time. There should be no cables to relocate or nothing. It's just unbolt it. Put the jack plate on, four bolts. Put the motor back on, four bolts, and you're good. Yep. But they have to go backwards, though. What if, I mean, the cable's going to reach. It should. I mean, you know, the only thing that really needs to reach is he has all that, the, the uh, wire harness and a fuel line. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 off memory, yeah. seems to be he should have enough. Yeah, I, I looked that over. I think it's going to work. And then... You know, it's not like there's throttle cables or nothing. It's just an arm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll try to keep the lung ready. Please. <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunate thing, that's not the first time we've talked about that. Uh, God. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, I, maybe I made an impulse decision. I don't think you did. No, no. I'm going to say worst case, that might go on the Ranger. <laughs> You might have made an involved decision if Andy wasn't involved because if you'd have brought it here, I'd have been like, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, what, yeah. You want to put a kicker on this? <laughs> what the hell are you going to do with that thing? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, then I could, say, I could say I have Vance in the front of the Ranger and in the back of the Ranger. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vance Manufacturing. Oh, we'll see what happens. I have no idea. I don't. I don't know why I'm doing this. You know why? Yeah. You want that 190 mile an hour mark. I do. Uh, Rarity. It's just peace of mind. See, the, the other thing is... I've is, pushed is that it to the limit. There's so many 205 tillers driving around. He needs to separate himself. I do. <laughs> this is Andy talking, yeah. speaking for me. He convinced me. You almost sound like you're doubting what you did. Oh man! Oh jeez! He's he's turning on me. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 good with it. I'm good with it as long as it gets done. I don't want to I don't want to spend too much tinkering around with the damn thing anymore. It's time to fish. Yeah. Yeah, it's time to fish. Yeah.
that's what that's the that's leading up to our last little part of the podcast, man. It's time. Oh, and, and just so you know, it is powder coated black, so it goes with the boat. Has to be murdered out. Murdered, INC. Mm. <laughs> yep. Perfect. So next podcast, fishing stories. We'll have we'll be fishing again. Current fishing stories. Current fishing stories. We'll see what we do. Todd and I are going to get together and fish a little bit. Maybe on this boat. This maybe boat. on my boat. Maybe on uh, his boat. If hopefully your motor don't fall off. Yeah. We just got to remember to tighten them. Yep. <laughs> you're gonna you're you're gonna be happy because you'll be skipping across that lake in you know fifty plus miles an hour. It's like ninety degrees out, and it'll feel great. Yeah, who's not gonna be there? I'm not gonna be there. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> we want yeah, Andy. Unbelievable. Okay, come on, Vance. Andy? Vance, okay. Wind okay, up. I'll tell you what Keep in mind, I'm working on your Andy. boat. <laughs> so. You know, I'm, we're trying to invite Andy up. Just come up, man. We're both up there. We're going to be fishing. He's like, man, it's going to be really hot. <laughs> yeah, Andy doesn't like to fish in the heat. I do not. And he doesn't like a lot of traffic. I do not. On the lake. I heard that. That excuse. Yeah. Yep. So you, we, you have some ransom, right? Yeah. Todd has my trailer. Todd has a tra- is going to have... Andy's trailer up there. Yeah. And the only way he's getting his getting it back is if he drives up and tows it back. Yeah. And he has to come. He has to come fishing. Jump back. in the boat and go fishing. He's like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be kind of hot. Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna be kind of hot. It's gonna be like Africa hot. Yeah. It is gonna be fish biting, snapping hot. Is what it's gonna be. Oh yeah. Water they temps. They love that this time of year. Prefrontal, huh? Big. Big buzzwords, post-frontal. Oh, man, you know, it's... This is when you're... Like Andy said, I'd rather be comfortable and not catch anything. I said, I would rather smell like Andy. (laughs) (laughs) And have, like, my shirts... Sweat-stained. Almost, like, stuck to my body. I to, like, take it off to pieces when I go home. Yeah. Especially this time of year, because that is when you come back and say, oh, it was a good day. Yeah. Ate fish. Good day. That's the kind of stuff that happens. They get I've, wound up. I've, I've, heard him, I've heard him say, I wish I could fast forward these couple of months. I do. I, I, if I could just go right to September, I'd leap it. Yeah. I, I, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm loving this. I can't wait. I'm. I'm like. This is yeah, like the other Christmas thing is, 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 is Vance. You don't work in that weather. You wear an Amish hat the whole time. So what? I don't know. What, well, you did keep that sweatshirt on. I don't hey. know why you don't. Vance, I gotta get you a. Is um, this a real sweatshirt? Shirt. It's 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 awesome. It, it is. Describe the level of awesomeness my sweatshirts are. They're they're big, bulky. Uh, you know. Uh, they're 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 knitted wool. Wool. Yeah. <laughs> you cut them off like a. Like a hobo. My my wife hates them, but I love them. That's all I wear. Built for comfort, all all season apparently. I gotta get you one of those sun. I got. I think I have one left. 
Hey, if Vance put his umbrella up and I could fish under his umbrella, <laughs> you gotta build. You gotta build that. You you build it. I'll put it on the boat for when you come. Deal. Gotta Seriously, get opening opening weekend. Let's go. Come on. If that's what it gets to take, get you to fish. Yeah. Fish in the shade. That's it. I thought we had another B. Yeah. We got bugs in here. It's heating up. It's feeling like summer again. We're gonna start to start fishing again. It's we got friggin' tons of mosquitoes around here. It's fishing season. We're ready to go. I'll show you some good fishing in the summer. I'm gonna take you to the banks of this one river. No, thanks. <laughs> we'll have to wait till the fall. We'll have to wait for a low period when I uh, end up buying a, another boat in the middle of the summer again, and I don't. I don't do, do, do you foresee that happening? <laughs> Am I going to be taking this jack plate off here in a we'll couple see, months? We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to bust on me for? Mm-mm. Come fishing. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how things go. Everybody out there, get get on. You gotta, you gotta come up. Yeah, you gotta come up. Hey, these Project X's aren't gonna build themselves. That's certainly true, but we have ours, <laughs> so it doesn't. That doesn't you don't matter. Have yours, you have mine. <laughs> <laughs> we have ours. That's all that counts. Yeah, Let's I have go. one of yours, and you have one of mine. I'm actually taking Andy's Project X tonight. I think you are, because I'm gonna break yours down and grease it up like I did your reel. Yeah, at the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's, Ready to roll. We just did an hour and 45. Good. I'm, I'm serious. You guys can keep bashing on me. Uh-uh. You can keep no. doing it. No. I, I, We're not bashing. We're trying to get some fish in Is here. it an inter- intervention? We're trying to get you slimed. Yeah. Slime time. I'm going to tell you That's what. You know, one. all those slimy fish really mess up the inside of my boat. You mess up <laughs> the inside of your boat because it's your workstation. Tell you what, this thing's clean. It is. It needs to be nasty. Keep it. Come fish with us. Ain't I'm gonna. That... I'm, if I'm gonna get my trailer back, it sounds like I can't drag my boat up. That's true. Yeah. Unless I'm pulling doubles. Show up. Come up and get the trailer. Show up. I'm gonna put a two-inch ball on the on my prop. <laughs> oh, I saw I saw that uh, the other day when I was going up to Pontiac. Uh, so the guy has a big. Dodge twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. He's he's pulling about a twenty eight foot camper, and on the back of the camper, there's a ball. He's got about an eighteen foot crest liner. That's sick. Eighteen driving driving up seventy nine. Wonder if you got to get the swing style oh you're not going through a mcdonald's drive-through i mean you know like you know how you have to get that like anti-swing thing on those trailers or on those campers when you're pulling them i wonder if you have to do that for your boat as well off that well, i think you need an updated license or something yes i mean i mean you're talking close yeah to, he, he, you, had you know, three, he had, 40, he had all feet. three of them I've, I've only ever seen it once but it was out in some other state and i just assumed oh, i guess you're allowed to do that out here I think this, this guy got off the exit in front of me and he was pulling into the rest area, probably because he was scared to death. I don't or know. he needed fuel because he probably can't <laughs> no. pass a gas station. No, but he, he, he had a regular, just a Dodge pickup, big camper, and a boat behind it. 
I guess he thought that the gamble to to pull all of that was was better than making two trips. <laughs> well, I just made two trips. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that two trips but is yeah, wrong. I, mean, but... yeah, I guess if you want to go fishing and camping, either make two trips or take it all at once. Mm-hmm. Can you picture, like, backing up to hook up the boat? Oh. So you're backing up a trailer to hook up the... The ball, and you gotta have that. Like, would be the hard thing getting the boat on the back of the camper. Now they got backup cameras for those campers. Picture if he says, They do. I ain't taking off this camper. I'm gonna launch the boat with the camper attached. <laughs> <laughs> it's like launching a snake. I don't know. I mean, I've never. But he's like up, he's like up in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> and the boat's coming off oh, the yeah. trailer. He must have one long ass driveway. <laughs> It's probably one of them driveways that's between two brick houses in the city. Yeah. <laughs> he has like four inches on each side. What else we taking? Yep. Love it. Perfect. Well, like I said in the beginning, podcasts might not be on a regular schedule. They might be. I'm just keeping you guys abreast of the situation. So, um, I like to rock it every, every Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll try to stay consistent with that, but it might not happen. It's doable. We'll see. And, uh, uh, if you guys want to punish me, go to, uh, com. My email's there. If you want to make fun of my we'll let you know lack if he of comes heat out. and cut off sweatshirts and <laughs> work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Fatty Z Musky products, you can message me there and pound some more on me. Get them. And you can also ask for updates if you can't wait for next week to see how the jack plate goes. No. Oh. And uh, nervous. You can also do Muddy Creek Fishing Guides on Facebook or Todd Young, and you can get the updated fish count. We got Mitch. He's, is he going to be going out? Absolutely. Yeah, he's going. Yeah. Yeah. The most we'll famous bait in our arsenal, Mitch. And, ah, he's going. He's coming back out. He's had a long winter off. I wonder if he remembered how to do his job. Yeah, br- hey, Todd, when we go fishing, bring Mitch out, huh? Oh, yeah, he'll be in there. Bring out. He's in there. And uh, St. Croix Rods, we did a whole 20 minutes on him this beginning of this podcast. Probably should know it by now. Best on Earth, St. Croix Rods. Probably on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Vine, Periscope.com. <laughs> Any other social media. Um, Todd, is there anything else? No, we're good to go, man. Vance Manufacturing. Love it. It's not Vance in the front of the Ranger. It's Vance in the back of the Illumicraft. There you go. It'll be Vance squared back there. It will. Vance on a Vance. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully Todd will continue to talk to us after we finish this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what would Todd do? Damn it. All right. All right. Till next time, good luck fishing, guys and girls.